And good Sunday morning. Welcome to the latest edition of Sharing the Victory, a program sponsored by the West Virginia University chapter of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. We're into a new semester. Two staff members from the FCA, Teresa Igono is with us. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks, thanks for having us. I'm excited to be here. And Rob is back as well. Rob Dowdy, thanks for coming in. How you doing, West Virginia? Good, to, good, to, <laughs> good to see you again. It's been a while since you guys have been in here. Yeah, we're happy to be back in the studio and just sharing a little bit about the ministry, about our heart, and about what we do all the time. So. And there's a, a good theme this year. You're sharing the parables. Yes. So mm-hmm. what we want to do is invite you all into our what we call our FCA huddle. So every Monday night... Throughout the semester, you can find us at the football stadium, and we do a Bible study for all athletes and uh, managers, coaches, you name it. Anyone in the athletic field is invited to the football stadium, and we do um, a lot of cool things. We'll share some, share a meal, play some games. We'll do an awesome time in worship, and then uh, we get to teaching because we really believe that the Word of God is what transforms. So, mm-hmm. yeah, our theme this semester is on the parables of Christ. We have awesome, um, kind of a young student presence. And I would say more young in Christ. And so we have a bunch of students who are super excited to learn about the Lord. And we really prayed about it and thought, what better way than to share parables? Because parables are um, like a heavenly story with an earthly meaning. And they are just soaking it up, aren't Mm -hmm. they, Rob? Oh, yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. It looks like, you know, when kids get to go to the candy store and there's just so many (laughs) options and they're just looking. I have this look on my face just about every day, so... I, I feel it. Um, it's been an awesome time um, traveling through this this journey with them. Yeah, it's just it's wonderful because honestly, um, at one point, both Rob and I were former athletes from here, and we were in their shoes where we grew up and we knew about God, but we didn't worship Him. We didn't know what it looked like to read His Word and to actually glean from um, the Bible. And so we're watching their eyes just just love it. I mean, it just opening the Word and and going deep, but. Um, If you're with us today, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 25, and today's parable we are studying is called the Parable of the Talents, and this is not talent like talent show. This is not, um, can you spin something on your fingers or throw something in the air? What are you good at? No, this talent is actually referring to different amounts of money, which we're going to break down here in a little bit, but I'm going to get started and start reading. So Matthew 25, verse 14, for it is just like a man going on a journey He called his own servants and turned over his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. Then he went on a journey. So I'm going to stop there and take a break. So back in the day, Bible times, it is not uncommon for a leader of a household and of a property to go on a very long journey. And in order to go on a long journey, you have to have trusted people to take care of what's left behind. So we watched this um, landowner um, pick three of his people, three of his servants, and he gives to them different amounts of money. To one, he gives five talents. To another, he gives two talents. And to one servant, he gives one talent. And so this is an important part. So what is a talent? Rob, any idea off the top of your head? Um, again, to me, it's the things that like at a talent show. When yeah, I, so before I first read this. Yeah, so we need a re-education, right? So let's take a look at this. So um, a denarii back in biblical times was equal to one day's wage. And so 6,000 denarii, so 6,000 days wages equaled one talent. So 
this is an interesting thing. And so if you if you divide out 6,000 days into years, so divided by 365, that comes out to 16 years worth of paychecks. So that's a lot of money, right? Yeah. If we if we look at that, so now after doing the math, we see that one talent equals 16 years wages. Okay, so what does two talents equal? 32 years wages. So five talents equals 80 years worth of wages. That's a lot of money. I'm not even that old yet. <laughs> That's a lot of money. And the interesting thing is that back in this day, you couldn't just write a check and have someone put in their pocket 80 years worth of wages, right? Back in this time, this was this was silver. This was gold. This was heaviness. This was forklift heavy type money. So it's it's something that's very in your face. You're very aware of how much it's worth and um, and its uses. This is a big deal. And so just to put it in perspective, so we have one talent is 16 years worth of um, income, two talents, 32 years, and five talents, 80 years worth of wages. So let's just say the medium, let's make this into um, applicable today. So let's just say the medium income is $50,000 a year salary, right? So one talent um, would be if you multiplied $50,000 times 16 years to equal one talent, that would come out to around $800,000. So this servant, Rob, describe the face you're making right now. Just wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, wow. a lot of money, right? So the, the um, servant who he gave one talent to had somewhere equivalent to today's $800,000 in front of him. The person with two talents was given equivalently $1.6 million, right? Mm. And the person with five talents was given somewhere close to $4 million. Not, not back then, but if you're relating it to today's amount of money, that's a big deal. million and $4 million. So this is cool. So if this is a heavenly story with an earthly meaning, the first thing we see is that our heavenly father, who's in charge of the land, who's in charge of our life, is very generous. And God doesn't have any no-talent people in this story, but also in our lives. And if we look back, even Adam and Eve, if you go read in Genesis, when they're created, God tells Adam to tend and to keep the garden going. Like, so they weren't given a lawn chair and just said, enjoy yourself in the garden like it's vacation. Mm -hmm. It was, hey, get to work for me and my kingdom. And we see that here. Jesus is literally telling this parable about um, an owner and his servants. And I love this. There is no, um, God is not stingy. He's very, very generous. And so we got to start looking. Yes, God has not physically maybe given us this much actual money in front of us, but he's given us ability. And so that's what this whole talent parable is about. It's about um, stewardship. And so like what comes to mind when you hear the word stewardship, Rob? Um, Just being responsible, right? Um, You know, that great old Spider-Man quote, those with great power comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. So actually, we're going to see how that turns into a Bible principle um, here in this uh, 
this part anyways. Okay, so let's keep going. So um, I'll start again. For it is just like a man who's going on a journey. He called his own servants and turned over his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. Then he went on a journey. Immediately, the man who had received five talents went and put them to work and earned five more. In the same way, the man with two earned two more. But the man who had received one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. So here we're seeing um, that, again, this was physical money, not a check written stuffed in a pocket. This is, like I said, forklift type of money where you it's it's a lot. It's a lot to steward. Um, and we watch in two of the hearts of the servants immediately go to work for the owner um, and one does not. So we are going to examine each one here and take a look at their heart and take a look at what they did with what God and or this owner entrusted them. So after a long time, this is verse 19, after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents approached, presented five more, and said, Master, you gave me five talents. Look, I've earned five more talents. So big deal here. Verse 19 says, after a long time, the master of those servants came. And so I'll be very honest. As a very young Christian many years ago, I honestly had no idea that, like, one, Jesus was returning. I just thought, I'm supposed to be a Christian. That'll get me into heaven. Done deal. Wash my hands of it. I'll be good. Yeah. And so we at our huddle just this past week were talking about how there's kind of two judgments. At the end of our life, um, we will be judged for whether or not we know Jesus Christ and made him our Savior. You know, wide is the path that leads to destruction. Narrow is the the path um, that leads to the Lord, right? Not many, few will find it. So like we will be judged for if we know Jesus Christ. And if we know Jesus Christ, we are then judged again. We have a conversation with the Lord where we have to give an account for what we did here on earth. And that is something that we kind of forget to examine sometimes. I'm guilty of that at times. And even as I read through this, I had to do some repenting on my own but this is an important principle to realize. Verse 19 of chapter 25 says, After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Jesus will return, and we will have to give an account for everything we've ever said and everything we've ever done. Jesus will not ask us, Hey, what did your church do for the kingdom? Hey, what did your work corporation do for the kingdom? He will make this personal. He gave orders to all three of these at the same time. However, they will have to give an individual account. That's a big deal. And that's something it is better to learn now because Jesus has not returned yet because we can still get busy and we can still start grinding. Mm -hmm. But so here we see the man who had received five talents approached, presented five more talents and said, Master, you gave me five talents. Look, I've earned five more talents. Verse 21, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. 
I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. So here's what we call a stewardship test. Um, what comes to mind when you hear stewardship, Rob? Just that the same thing, just responsibility, you know, being able to look over what you've been given. Yeah. Right. And one thing we need to be very aware of when it comes to stewardship is it's where we spend our time. So we spend our money, our ability and our authority. And we need to examine those things. And if um, those are not aligning with God's will, we seriously need to check them. And so here we see that the first servant who was given five talents made five more and went the the word the bible says he went immediately he didn't kick it for a week mm-hmm. couple months hoping that the master didn't come back rob how many times do we deal with athletes that say oh after college i'll get right with god uh, i was that athlete yeah me too and you know you're more than welcome to do that but it's dangerous yeah And it's one where I don't desire to delay. At one point in my life, I did. But man, our our Heavenly Father can come back at any moment. We will have to give an account. And I'm not trying to be morbid, but 10 out of 10 of us die, right? Like we will meet our maker someday. And and I want to be ready. And I want to hear this response. Well done, good and faithful servant. And Rob, this is where Jesus says, you were faithful over a little, I'll put you in charge of more. Mm-hmm. This is where that principle <laughs> comes from. This is good stewardship. If you've ever led people in a business or in a job or maybe you've been a parent, the ones who you can trust, you grant more, right? Because they will cultivate and they'll get busy and they'll do it immediately. Spider-Man is biblical. No, <laughs> no I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, but what do I love about this? I love that this servant was judged on his faithfulness and effort. So God did not say, well done, bro. You made me a ton of money. He didn't say that. He said, your heart was in the right spot. You were faithful to me. And I love this, that we are not, we are not judged on the outward per se. We are, we are judged on our heart. Jesus looks at our heart. And he's asking us to identify and to cultivate what God has given us. And that's just a beautiful picture. Um, The master here is looking for character qualities, not outward achievement. And so this is a big deal when we consider success in the world. Um, There's we Rob and I live and work around um, winning right? Winning is, it's a, we're in sports ministry. This is, it's everything. This is where we, we live and we dwell. Um, and winning is a big deal and it's very important to our university and to, um, college athletics worldwide. However, what is it in relative to success? Um, not all of us can be winners, right? But we can all be successful for the Lord. And, not all servants of the Lord come out first in every game. But did we give all that we had with all that we had in front of us? And that's what we're seeing here, the stewardship. All right, so let's look at this next one. Verse 22, then the man with two talents also approached. He said, master, you gave me two talents. Look, I've earned two more talents. 
His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. I love this picture here of again. So relatively speaking here, the servant who had five talents and made five more, equivalent to having been given $4 million and made an additional $4 million. So we got something close to like 8 million bucks here. Now the servant who had two talents had $1.6 million. So you double that and you got what? Uh, 2. Wow. My math math. is four. Yeah. A little (laughs) over two, uh, no, $3 million, $3.2 million. So just difference wise, what they produced was drastically different. You have one that produced $8 million at the end and the other that had a total of $3.2 million. That's like a $5 million difference, right? It's a lot different externally, but what a blessing do we see how Jesus judges the heart. And we got to be careful as human beings who are fleshly, who judge the external. And how many times do we look sideways at what other people have and what they're doing and what they're gaining Instead of, are we looking right in front of us with what God has given us? And honestly, this is a principle where we got to realize first and foremost that we are not all created with equal skills, abilities, and opportunities. It's just, it's just this law of diversity. Mm-hmm. We are all given different circumstances, different upbringings, different parents, different um, steps ahead, different steps behind. But what is God asking for? He's asking for faithfulness. He's not asking for um, an external crop per se. I want to see you reach this. Mm -hmm. He wants to see you do for his kingdom what you can do for his kingdom. Um, But we're about to learn this principle that success only occurs when we take action. So let's look at this next next verse. Um, actually, before we move on, I love how part of his response to both of those servants is to share in your master's joy. Mm-hmm. Like he is essentially saying, come celebrate with me. And that is just beautiful. Like that's what Rob and I get to do. When you join our huddle on a Monday night, which is what we're trying to bring to you guys on the radio, when you join it, Rob and I stay after after all these students leave and we'll sit there and talk and be like, did you hear what so-and-so said? Or, oh my gosh, this one actually like accepted Christ <laughs> that night in front of us. And it is, it's utter joy to watch Jesus Christ move in ways that only his Holy Spirit could. Mm-hmm. All right, let's look at this last one, um, which is a little bit harder of a one. Um, Matthew 25, verse 24. Then the man who had received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you. You're a difficult man, reaping where you haven't sowed and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. Look, have what is yours. So drastically different from the other two servants, right? We have this picture here. Remember, he was given 16 years worth of wages, which was equivalent today to around $800,000. So first and foremost, this servant, for whatever reason, um, lies. We see him him make excuses and say, Master, I know you're a difficult man, reaping where you haven't sowed, gathering where you haven't scattered seed. And we have no way or business to believe that that's even true. Mm-hmm. And 
So not only lying and making excuses, now we see verse 25 where he says, so I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. Look, have what is yours. So we see that this servant did nothing, nothing with what the master had given him and instead was too afraid and too filled with fear to do anything about it that he hid it in the ground. So I find this extremely interesting because he actually had, this servant had to actually do work by digging a huge hole and burying this money in order to kind of forget about what God had given him. Like, let me put it in the ground and walk away. So we know that this master's journey was a long, long time, right? It was, we don't know how long, but we know it was for a long time. So like, Rob, what do you think this servant was doing while everybody else was out like making money and and, and producing for their uh, master? Like, what do you think this guy was doing? He was hiding. I mean, you can clearly see it. And when he is confronted by the master, he's, he was afraid. And he probably immediately after this was like, I can't do anything and probably seen his friends, you know, doing all the good things that they were doing with the money and was like, I can't do that. I, I don't want to do that. Or I don't want to do it. And so you think this master's been gone for a long time. This servant chooses to bury the money and to not use what God has given him um, for faithfulness. But after that money's buried, that servant goes on to do whatever he wants to do. And this is a big deal, is that many of us as Christians or non-Christians walking around in North America, we do what is important to us. Time, talent, ability, money, authority. Where You can see, you can find someone's heart and where they spend those things. Time, talent, treasure, right? And this treasure from the master was not important to the servant. And so he put it on the back burner. He ignored it. And this is, um, this is disobedience. He was given a command and told to do this, but chose not to and thought that it was good. So let's see how his master replies. Verse 26, but his master replied to him, you evil, lazy slave. If you knew that I reaped where I hadn't sown and gathered where I hadn't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers. And when I returned, I would have received my money back with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. For to one, excuse me, <coughs> for to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him and throw this good-for-nothing servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So we see here, this master is not messing around. He does return from his long, long journey. And our God is expecting faithfulness from us. If we wear the jersey of Christ, if we have committed our lives to Jesus, and we are following him, and we call him Lord— there's a big difference, I believe, for making Jesus your savior, you know, like your get out of hell free card, making him your savior versus making him your Lord. So we don't live in a country that does like lordship per se, but um, making someone your Lord is laying down your life 
is allowing them to be the head of your life and you follow their steps and you willingly serve as their bond servant, um, which is a doulos, which is a cool thing to study if you ever get a chance. But this man, this servant, did not make the master his Lord. And he made what was important to him more important than the master. And so we see here that Jesus and or this master is judging this young servant for doing nothing. And it's not a slap on the wrist and a sit in the timeout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot bigger than that. <coughs> we see that this servant with one talent who buried it didn't think, didn't work, didn't try, and made a ton of excuses. And Rob, have you ever felt like you can relate to this kind of servant before? A hundred percent. There's a group message between a few FCA guys, um, RC and Brian, um, who are both in ministry now, funny. Um, but we were talking that that's the, the best tool of the, of the enemy is to convince us to bury our mm-hmm. talents and bury ourselves in isolation because we're not sharing the gospel. We're not doing what we have been called to do when we give our lives to Christ. Yep, totally. And it's it's an internal battle of doing what's temporal or doing what's eternal. Mm-hmm. And we watched the first two servants grinded for their master and produced a wonderful crop. And this last one did nothing. And we will be held accountable for what we've done here on earth. And it's time to get busy. It's time to start working for the Lord. And um, my husband and I many years ago taught high school youth group at our church. And, you know, we're older than them. We think we know a lot more about the (laughs) Lord. But little did we know, a couple of those high schoolers um, gave us a run for our money. And one day we asked a question and we were like, uh, what can you take with you to heaven? And obviously, like in our heads, we're like, nothing, right? Like the answer is nothing. So we got this. And um, someone in the group, I still remember him. He's a great, great man of the Lord. And he said, I kind of disagree with that. I kind of believe that if we work hard for the Lord, we might get the opportunity to take other people with us. And that, from a 16-year-old's mouth, hit me between the eyes and was like, you know what? I mean, obviously, in the end, it's up to the Lord to who he adds to his number that is why we are here on earth. That is why we were here on this campus. It is because God has given us the gift, the grace, the gift of his grace, the gift of salvation, and it has changed our lives and the trajectory of where we're heading. And all we want to do is share it with the whole world. And God has shown, at least Rob and I, that WVU Athletics is where both of us found Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and it is one where when you look at the Bible and can relate it to God being your coach and us being coachable athletes to him, God does not want uncoachable athletes on his team. You want to do your own thing, you sit the bench, you join a different team. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is. It says in the end, and throw this good-for-nothing servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We are held accountable. He has great expectations for us but he expects us to move for his kingdom. So this is all about being coachable. Don't follow your own plan. Follow God's plan because we will be we will be judged for it. And it's just exciting. Any last thoughts, Rob or Kyle? No, nah, that's a word on its own. That'll <laughs> preach. Mm-hmm. I, I'm feeling a little 
little spirit led right little now little too. Inspired. Oh, always when Sissa T talks, it's all inspiration. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, that's good. That's the type of message that the athletes hear through the FCA, and and we can bring a, a little bit of that to you through the radio, and we encourage people to uh, to delve more into it, get involved. Go to the website, wvufca.org. You can contribute there, and the banquet is set. Yeah, we got Monday, March 23rd. Um, we're having uh, Coach Brown speak for us, um, just sharing a little bit about the Lord and about FCA on campus, but we'd love for you to join us. It's going to be a great night. You're going to hear mm-hmm. from athletes. You're going to hear from coaches. You're going to see videos and missions and visions and just have a great time yeah so coach neil brown of the mountaineers the uh the keynote speaker at the banquet this year more on that to come as we get into the spring guys great job thanks thanks for having us kyle thank you that's edition this week's edition of sharing the victory 104.5 fm 1440 am wajr